All right. This is Let It Be Naked. Uh, slate. Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles podcast. Wow. That was a great slate, TJ. Paper slate. Paper slate. I should mention something. I am not a Phil Collins fan. I'm not a Genesis <laughs> fan. I have a weird affinity for, again, one of the hits of 82, Paper Late with the Earth, Wind, and Fire horns. I know that's three strikes already for you, but I, I love the, the 45 actually looks like the Beatles Twist and Shout EP from the UK. And uh, Phil Collins drummed on Press to Play's Angry, but just the single remix. We'll see you next week. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. See you next week, right. And deleted bongos from the first record, right? McCartney, <laughs> right? That's right. That's a, that's a great bit. Did, well, uh, McCartney pranked him, right? Yeah, he did prank him. Yeah, you had that. You had that tale. Go listen to our McCartney episode. Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. So my name this time, this week, it's Tony. Hi. Hey, listen, dude, I got a rap in five. Let's just fucking <laughs> rolling. Oh, I'm talking to myself because I'm alone. Okay. Yeah. Hey, it's TJ Shanoff with the Untitled Beatles podcast. Catch us on Sheboygan's Channel 18. Tuesday at 5 on TV 18. Oh, yeah. We Zoom these on cable access. Yeah. Pick us up if you're, uh, you know, an affiliate. <laughs> Not an O&O, though. We didn't have time for you. I don't trust big media. <laughs> Well, today we're going to explore Let It Be Naked. This came about because uh, Vanity Fair just dropped a great new teaser for the upcoming Peter Jackson Get Back. What's he calling? He's calling it Get Back, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, he, had, he had to he had to buy it from Glenn Johns, like Pat Riley <laughs> trademarked the term three peat. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he did. I believe. I think it's three peat. Pat Riley. I think we still the Lakers coach trademarked one of those. So now every time it's used, like Pat Riley makes a buck or two off it. But yeah, this is really exciting. And the Vanity Fair article was the first time it was relayed that the Get Back documentary will be not a two-hour movie in theaters, but a six-hour event, a la Anthology, that that had commercials. A six-hour event debuting Thanksgiving Day. I mean, it's already, for me anyway, Thanksgiving, Tony, one of the best weekends, if not the best weekend of the year. I don't go to Kohl's at two in the morning to save $5 off a fucking dustbuster. I don't, oh, I, no, I don't like it for that out. reason. Oh, you're missing out. I get to punch so many people on early morning Black Friday. I love That's it. my VCR, motherfucker. Why are you buying a VCR, friend? <laughs> no, I got, I'm going to get like six Cabbage Patch dolls this year. I can't wait. Do the prep and Cabbage Patch. This weekend of Thanksgiving is always one of my favorites. And now you get to kind of have Thursday, Friday and Saturday, each one a different episode of six hours of largely, if not almost entirely other than some of the rooftop concert, unseen Beatles footage. And I say that because the Vanity Fair article, Tony, revealed that even the footage we've seen before in the original Michael Lindsay Hogg film is going to be different camera angles for the most part. So it's going to feel almost entirely new. Queenie eye, Queenie eye, who's got the ball? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> what is what that? I don't know that one. Queenie eye, Queenie eye, who's got the ball? 
one of the classic uh, McCartney singles from New, the album, oh. that he treats like a classic, still doing it in concert. Like, all right, it's 2019. Nobody wants to hear Queenie Eye. You've never done Uncle Albert. Come on, guy. <laughs> See, <laughs> I've heard that record and I do not remember that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm a fan. I suppose. <laughs> Oops. That's a deep cut. You would have had to have seen him eight times in the last five years like I did to understand Queenie Eye. Now, do you ever get a drink during a McCartney? Like, do you ever leave or are you feet planted there for the whole three hour set? Tony Mendoza, since I turned probably 30 years old, I don't have anything to drink at a concert because I don't ever want to have to go to the bathroom. I've Since my early 30s, I'm an empty bladder guy. I will sometimes <laughs> crouch low and <laughs> take a puff <laughs> off a one-hitter. Not indoors. I've, I've only smoked pot indoors once, and that was at a Celtics game of the old Boston Garden, which I think encouraged you to smoke pot indoors. I, if I'm going to sit through Dino Raja, I'm going to smoke. This has become a very NBA show. Um, well, their uniforms are green. so <laughs> That's it's, full, it's always 420 in Beantown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so I, I don't, uh, there's no drink song for me, but I could go through every McCartney set list. Like my Valentine is a song where half the room goes to pee. It's like, right. we've all seen the Johnny Depp, Natalie Portman video. We can go take a piss. <laughs> yeah. There's certain cues for other people. Got it. Yeah. I think I sat the whole thing. Although we did have to get moved, we ended up sitting in the wrong seats at Dodger Stadium. But the people that were whose seats we were mistakenly sitting in, we were in the wrong whatever section. We're supposed to be an H instead of I or whatever it is. And um, they came like halfway through the set. You know what I mean? Like we sat next to someone who knew Brian Migdal, the original drummer for Black Flag. <laughs> and we got to know them. And then, oh, halfway through, <laughs> I, we got to move. <laughs> Typical late arriving Dodger crowd. By the way, I saw a black flag sticker on a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Thank you for that Don Henley reference. <laughs> and then that's the that's the cover. Casey, who sang that cover? It's not Bowling for Soup. Who sang oh, the cover of, of, of uh, Boys of Summer? I have no idea, but I do have the internet, and it tells me it was the Ataris in 2003. Well, I can't wait to see this thing, man. I cannot wait to see it. Now, yeah, so now it's going to be six hours. They've really cleaned up the footage. Uh, according to this article in Vanity Fair, now Paul's hair won't look like a big black block. You'll be able to see every strand of his beautiful locks while doing Long and Winding Road. Uh, you're going to get to see the full rooftop concert. Now, there's got to be an asterisk on that, right? Because they did several takes of songs, right? We're not going to see like three takes of Don't Let Me Down or something like that. I wonder if it's going to be a full composite of the concert. So maybe yeah. just the best take. Although I don't know. I, there's also a chance that the Let It Be film documentary when they were in the studio is going to be the first four hours. And maybe the final two hours is the entire rooftop experience, which would be gobsmacking. It's something I've dreamed of for decades. Really? I, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I would make a wager that it would not be that that would be, I think, too much for the casual Disney Plus fan. But like you're saying, yeah, Peter Jackson 
did his damnedest to not reuse any footage that Michael Lindsay Hogg had used in the Let It Be film. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are kind of scratching their heads about this kind of revisionist history of it and how it seems like there's going to be a lot of laughs and a lot of good times. It's not going to be the winter of discontent as George Harrison Ain't described we it. lucky we got him. <laughs> good times. <laughs> that was one of those themes where they had like all the vocal acrobatics at the end of it, right? Like, good times. <laughs> what makes it so great, Tony, is that it's a gospel song that's also a TV theme. And yeah. the fusion of those jump. We heard that with the Jeffersons. We and heard Amen. that with uh, with Amen. <laughs> uh, 227, kind of that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a great era. Much like the best <laughs> Beatles covers are done by black artists, the best 80s TV themes are from the predominantly black shows. Well, TJ, if you read the full Vanity Fair article, I think Peter Jackson is going to end up having the Beatles not break up at the end of uh, at the end of the movie and they'll just carry on. You know, they're, in fact, they're still playing today. Because they keep putting these Beatles records out. I don't know if you've heard the new Beatles record. Beatles music to make a salad to. <laughs> Beatles hiking music is coming out next month. We take a walk. The sun is shining down. Burns my feet as they touch the ground. I can't wait to see this thing. I will say I am bummed that it won't be in the theaters, though. Okay, here I go with tinfoil hat Tony. That's your online name, by the way. If you're ever on Breitbart, you need better things to do. Um, Okay, but I saw a ton of people commenting. I have on the Facebook page and a current subscriber of Beetle Fan Magazine, which is which was massive. Beetle Fan Magazine was how like a huge entryway to learning about the Beatles. It came out bi monthly, and I subscribed until about eight nine years ago. Uh, right when I got married, we were trying to have kids. I just kind of let some of like the things from my past go. And since we've been doing the show, I've been subscribing again. And it, and it's absolutely amazing. And why did I get into that Beatle fan plug? Here's the reason why. I do want a free subscript. But also, <laughs> the Beatle fan Facebook page was loaded with people commenting, huh, how dare the Beatles go on Disney Plus? Uh, a streaming? I'm not going to stream. I've been waiting all my life to see this in a theater. Like, these weird kind of victimized Disney Plus never. You've got to subscribe. Yeah, it's $8 a month with no subscription needed. You can have it for one month if you want to. But oh, that's good. I don't know if this has anything to do with Disney's woke. I'm not going to support their channel like that nonsense. Or if it is, I don't like streaming. I don't want to have to stream. Or if it's, I wish I could see this in theaters. But my takeaway, Tony, is this. In theaters, you're not getting a six-hour film. I mean, maybe they do it like a Godfather trilogy or like the uh, the Tune In, the uh, Mark Lewison books, the Beatles biographies, and it's going to be a movie every three, four years. But now you get it at home on one of the best weekends of the year without having to go out and deal with idiots. I love seeing movies, too. <laughs> but six hours of unseen Beatles footage versus two hours in the theater, I'll take the footage on Disney+. Plus. I can't wait. I don't understand people who are upset by it. I think it's nuts. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I can't wait to see you next time, TJ, so I can punch you square in the nose. This has been Crossfire. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I think I, I was actually looking forward to going to a theater and seeing it all big. Yeah, I won't get six hours. You're right. I didn't know about the six hours thing at that time. But I was looking forward to having some popcorn and a cherry Coke or a cherry Pepsi or whatever. And uh, enjoying, yeah, seeing it on that big old screen. And yeah, there'll be idiots there. But I also remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater in a packed theater somewhere in Iowa, like around Iowa City. And I had to sit separate from my family. I was sitting next to some like Hesher guy, you know, with a mullet, you know. MC Hesher? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was he was seated above me upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Escher. Hashtag Escher. (laughs) And um No, but I remember people like exploding with excitement and cheering and like pounding their fists in the air when uh, when they blew up Jabba the Hutt's floating spaceship or whatever over that <laughs> mouth thing in the floor. <laughs> Great. <laughs> wow. What a Star Wars nerd we're dealing with here. I mean, what an aficionado. Princess Leia stolen, Princess Leia stolen. Here's the thing. I was a little harsh before um, because I also was excited to see it in a theater, especially being vaccinated, especially with the world getting back to normal. But six hours of unseen Beatle footage at home to me is just it it negates the two hours of seeing it in a theater. I I was excited, too, but I'll take an extra four hours of this. And I I just can't wait planning the whole. What I want to know is when they start streaming this that Thursday, Friday and Saturday, does it like when Hamilton streamed on Disney Plus, was it like 8 p.m. Eastern or is it just up at midnight and you can watch it whenever you want? Yeah, that would be good to know because I'd like to watch this thing a few times, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. This will be just like another thing to add to our rotation of, you know, oh, I get to watch this again. Like every now and then I'll pull out Anthology and put that on. Yeah. And the Vanity Fair article was great in that it detailed all the stuff for the first time. So whether you are bummed out about not watching it in theaters or whether you like me are so excited to get all that extra footage, it's going to make Thanksgiving weekend amazing. Plus you get Bears Lions. Oh, real quick, I should mention that uh, speaking of streaming on Hulu coming up July 16th, Rick Rubin is going to sit down and talk with Paul McCartney in something called McCartney 321. Dan, that's like a six-parter. Yeah, man. I can't wait. I guess they go through the entire Beatles and McCartney catalog. The clips wow, I've man. seen, they're at, they're at a mixing board. I can't wait. So yeah. that'll be, I mean, there's so much Beatles stuff this summer in 2021. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I do want to say real quick, one last thing on the film. This is great for, like, you and I are, are in our 40s, right? Our late 40s. True. I get it. You're in your mid 40s. Fuck off. You get one more year <laughs> you're in your late 40s. I get um, a few more months, yeah. But th- there are first-gen Beatles fans uh, who are, you know, getting older and to have this stuff come out at a time when they can see it i do think is lovely yeah. um i know there's a lot of older beetle fans who are been kind of clamoring for this stuff and in deference to them i hope they get the original michael Lindsay hogg which i want as well yeah uh, you can't ignore its existence it was released in theaters it was on vhs and laser disc up until the mid 80s that can't be ignored any longer that it better be part even if it's tucked into the 900 dollars get back box set that should be released agreed agreed Well, let's talk about the first attempt at kind of revisiting Let It Be. 
right? Let it be naked. This is largely Paul's project. So released November 17th, 2003. Do you remember buying this? Yeah, I remember being so excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I think probably read about it, you know, at this time on like entertainmentweekly.com or whatever, probably had, had a piece <laughs> on it in 03. Um, but yeah, and I was so excited because it was the first of the remixes since the Yellow Submarine song track. I oh, didn't right. know it'd be some different versions of the songs and a lot of the Phil Spector stuff cut at the time. I just knew it was going to be something that was cleaned up from what we got in 1988. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is Paul's project, because as was documented very well at the time, he seemed dissatisfied with the whole Phil Spector, you know, wall of schmaltz or whatever some people called it, wall of sound. And they he, have that at my deli! <laughs> the wall of schmear. <laughs> uh, on your, uh, what are those called? What are the Jewish bagels called? Bialis? Yeah, Bialis. <laughs> Can I say that? Is that wrong? I, er, <laughs> that, my friend, is a Jewish schmear, and I will not put up with it. <laughs> Peace out, bitch. <laughs> to book Jewsical the Musical, contact us, and we'll give you all the information you need to bring this great show to your venue. Paul seemed to think that Spectre betrayed the whole concept of Get Back, which it was called at the time, which was just like, let's just get back in the studio. We're going to play rock and roll, no overdubs, no string quartets, no orchestras, all that. So, you know, when he puts the record on and hears like suddenly there's an orchestra over long and winding road, you know, it didn't set well with the guy who kind of had a lot of control of the Beatles once Epstein passed. So I guess, yeah, Paul, you know, what was he doing in 2003? It was right before um, the 2005 record. So in 2003, this is a couple years before Chaos and Creation. This is an interesting time because it's the Heather Mills era. It's a year or two removed from an album you love, two years removed from an album you love that I don't, Driving Rain, my least Thank favorite you. Paul McCartney album. My favorite. It's a weird time in Paul's career, right? He's dyed his hair. Yeah. <laughs> he um, always you know, brings that up, but yeah. He's yeah. with Heather Mills. Well, the whole Heather Mills <laughs> thing, and like it was just... To me, not my favorite Paul McCartney era, you know, singing I'm down at the concert for 9-11. Like, what yeah, are you yeah. doing <laughs> of all the... I always equate this period with Neil Diamond's The Jazz Singer when Neil Diamond grows a beard and starts hitchhiking. Yeah, well, that's also the era, as we've talked about lovingly on the show, where he recorded a theme for E.T. that Spielberg was like, no, we don't want it. And he released it and it said, inspired by the movie E.T. Heartlight. Great song. Heartlight. Turn on your heartlight. Turn on your heartlight. Let it shine wherever you go. Yeah, so this is not a great era to me for Paul McCartney. This album basically exists, Tony, for one reason. Paul's forever anger at what Phil Spector did to The Long and Winding Road, which has always been insane to me because versions Paul's always done following that have wicks playing strings or had like a, a brass horn instrumental on Wings Over America. Like the Give My Regard to Broad Street version, which we talked about, is 1980s soft rock. So McCartney's yeah. frustration with Phil Spector, and it's not Phil Spector's best production. I actually, I prefer the version on this album. George Harrison approved it just before he died. Yeah. Two of the last Beatles projects George approved of were Love, which George, of course, initiated, and this, and Ringo approved of it, but make no mistake, it's a Paul Vanity project. 
When this came out, I was super excited. And when I got it, this album to me, Tony, the first full remixes of stuff other than the Yellow Submarine song track, these songs sound incredible. Without exception, the remixing here done by Paul Hicks, who's done a lot of the Beatles supervision of the and, and remastering and remixing in the uh, recent years, the songs sound way better than that original CD release. Because remember, the new CDs didn't come out until 2009. And to this day, better than the ones in 2009. I love these remixes, but what's maddening is what's missing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, there's some definite changes. Like the uh, the track list is different. Two songs are are removed and one is added, which is a good one. A great one. We'll get to that. The definitive one to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we just go track by track? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Deep dish. Let it be. Naked. That means uh, no sauce on this deep dish. My baby's got sauce. Your baby ain't <laughs> sweet like mine. <laughs> My baby got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. She got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. She got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. She ain't that sweet. Well, out of nowhere, it starts with Get Back. Hold on. I thought this record was called Let It Be. I don't understand. Take it back. (laughs) I want a refund. (laughs) It starts with uh, Get Back. So we're automatically uh, switching up the running order. I think it's a strong choice. I think it's a great choice, actually. I love Two of Us as an opener. And as as an actual opener, I do miss John Lennon's uh, The Chatter at the beginning. Yeah, the I Dig a Pygmy. I Dig a Pygmy by Charles Hawtrey and the Deaf Aids. Phase one in which Doris gets her oats. Yeah, this song is the embodiment of the conundrum of this album, Tony, in that it sounds perfect and then it fades out right when you want to hear what you've always heard. Both the single and album version. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. She gets it while she can. Oh, get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back to red Yeah, they took out the coda, which was recorded later. So I get it if we're doing no overdubs and no edits and keeping all the warts in, so to speak, because we're not. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We'll get to that later. We'll point them out as we go. But uh, yeah, it stays true to that concept in that regard. But I think it's a really rude fade out on the the last note. It just cuts off. It rolls off rather quickly, don't you think? Yeah, it's so frustrating coming off the sonic brilliance of how the song just sounded. 
Yeah. May I say that I also miss the chatter overall. That was throughout the Let It Be record, the original. I miss that chatter. And I get why it's not in there, but I, I just have to miss it. You're right. It's a conundrum. Dig a pony. No false start. So weird not hearing that note. Yeah. Every time you hear the Let It Be record, it sticks out like a sore thumb, but in the best possible way, because it's embodied in the Let It Be album. Yeah. Yeah. That's one where the Let It Be album actually did adhere to the rules of, you know, keep the warts and all in, right? Yeah. So goofy. But it sounds great. It does sound great. It's comforting to hear it in the two spot, just like the original Let It Be. It's 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 like, yeah. okay, this is the second song on both. And by the way, I should say I listened to this on my vinyl, which oh, I yeah. got on my way to a Bulls game in late November of 2003. I got nice. it uh, at the Virgin Megastore, Michigan Avenue. I was yeah. taking. I lived in a studio on on Lakeshore in Belmont, and I took the express bus to Michigan Avenue. It was super early. You know, we're Jews. We get places two hours early, so it's like <laughs> four o'clock on a bus to get there. It was seven thirty tip off at the United Center, <laughs> and the Virgin Megastore was there, and they had a small vinyl section. And I knew it existed, but when I saw it and grabbed it in 2003, Tony, this was $36.99 on, on vinyl. But it comes with the fly in the walls, a bonus 45. It's got this oh, beautiful awesome. book. Oh, so that's if, great. If you yeah, ever the find book it, looks amazing. Yeah, it's the CD liner notes, but album sized. Oh, that's cool. So if you ever find this on vinyl for less than a fortune, it's worth picking up. It also sounds great. But this is what I listen to. And it's comforting to hear this in the second spot after, even though the first song's different, it, w it was comforting. I will say Billy Preston's organ has never sounded clear. It's percussive. You realize how it almost drives the song. Yeah, I feel like certain things are, are brought up in the mix, which is great. It felt like the vocals in Get Back were maybe higher in the mix. And uh, yeah, yeah. And you can really hear Mr. Preston's work. God, he was good. I love that he's the only non-Beatle to be credited on a Beatles single. Is is really neat. It is cool. Yeah. Moving on. For You Blue. And you, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, keep that in. <laughs> the robot version of For You Blue. <laughs> I was trying to say it backwards for all our backwards friends listening out there. <laughs> like, like Harry Carey? Oh, For You Blue backwards is... Oh, that's right. your your fur. I forgot he used to do that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. You know, Harry Carey tried to say it backwards the last year, and that was kind of funny. Canalized Derg. Canalized Derg. K-E-M-A-L-E-I-Z-D-U-R-G. No, the only thing I noticed, I felt that George's chats, you know, during the instrumental were higher in the mix. I felt like, oh, I really hear those. Drums are closer. They're clearer, I should say. They feel closer. I dig this mix a lot. Yeah, I love this mix a lot, too. I feel like that kind of Paul's tack piano. What did he put, like, rolling paper on top of the strings? Yeah, I know that people used to actually put thumbtacks into the hammers of the piano, and they called it a tack piano. Um, that was used on, like, Bee Bumble and the Stingers records and stuff like that. That's my favorite Raffi record. <laughs> Raffi, not to be confused with Rappin' Rodney, the Rodney Dangerfield rap from 84. I made up the year. <laughs> do you remember when Rodney Dangerfield had a rap 45? Oh, I do. I do. A lot of people had those. <laughs> they, it was some misguided moments. Make no mistake, poor old Rappin' Rodney can't get a break. I'm getting old, it's hard to face. No respect, no respect. But during sex, I lose my place. No respect, no respect. Moving on, Long and Winding Road is next, Tony. And this is one that we just mm -hmm. talked about how Phil Spector, in Paul's eyes, destroyed it. My argument that Paul has made it saccharine most of the times he's done it. I think I mentioned on an earlier episode, there's a, a rehearsal version that's all available on the figure of eight British CD single where Paul's mm. just running through it with his touring band. And it's like my favorite version of the songs. It's really simple. And Wix is doing the keyboard thing and Hamish Stewart's doing the harmony over it. But it's it's simpler and lovely. But this is a different version than the one that's on the Let It Be album. This is a different take. What's Time ago 
Yeah, this is the, actually the last take that was used, um, recorded on January 31st, whereas the album version, meaning the original version, uh, was a take from January 26th. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I prefer the original by far. This to me sounds unfinished. I miss the strings. I think the song is just maudlin. So why not dip into it? I love that stuff. This is basically a 70, a 1972, 73, 74 Elvis song. It's up there with Mr. Songman. Mr. Songman. And Love Song of the Year. I don't want to write another love song of the year. And I'm leaving. And all those great, saccharine, maudlin Elvis songs. Just own it. Wear it, Paul. Put on that Liberace coat and own it. (laughs) Your saccharine Elvis is my Huey Lewis, and we're not allowed to mock each other for it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'll take it. Elvis has this great song called My Boy, which is all about, you know, he had all these divorce songs that he put out in the 70s, and they all have these sappy string parts. I love it. And he gets in, he he hits these like emotional, like Danzig notes that are wonderful. (laughs) I think Paul Lind also did a cover of My Boy. (laughs) Well, that solo part, like, so what is that? It just sounds so chintzy. It's like a wood sprite, you know, playing a pan (laughs) flute or whatever. No, man, not my favorite version. <laughs> okay, it really is. Let it be naked, and it's cold, like in the Seinfeld episode. Uh, oh, it shrinks <laughs> like a frightened turtle. <laughs> Why does it shrink? It just does. I don't know how you guys walk around with those things. <laughs> I, oh, I'm going to be careful with this. I don't want to say that I prefer this one, but I love this one. I like its simplicity. This is not one of my least favorite Paul songs, but it's one of my least favorite produced songs in the Beatles catalog. I can deal with the strings, but that, that hashtag lady chorus is too much for me. Ah. The, the Mike Sam singers type, whatever the hell yeah. that is, is too yeah. much for me. It's too maudlin. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would be in Elvis speak, the Kathy Westmoreland. And in Cubs speak, <laughs> the Keith Moreland. <laughs> One of those shows. Jody, Jody <laughs> Davis. King of the home run swing. You remember that too? Jody, Jody Davis. They had a bunch. Rick Sutcliffe saying one that was like, Here's to you, men in blue. You're the cream of the crop. As sure as there's Ivy on the center field wall, Chicago Cubs are gonna win it all. That was like, There's been a lot of talk about the lights at Wrigley Park. But once we're there, boy, we don't care. We'll play it in the dark. And one more thing before we leave that we'll be telling you we'll keep them flying high for Cubby Blue. Beatles baseball tonight will continue after this message from uh, some fucking Ford truck. This is a 1971 Ford pickup, the rugged hauler, the one that works like a truck but rides like a car. Oh, baby, go. 
Well, TJ, we may never see eye to eye on long and winding road, but that's okay. Well, it's not okay. It changes our <laughs> dynamic. Next up, of course, the first song on the official Let It Be, and it kills me not to hear the John intro on this. Yeah. Two of Us is such a great song, but it's always that John intro is baked in. It's part of the experience of Two of Us, or am I crazy? No, it's part of it. Even that thump that comes right before the guitar. Phase one in which Doris gets her oats. Yeah, I miss it. I miss all that chatter. It kind of made that record really different than any other Beatles record. It made it a new phase Beatles album. Is, 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 is what it did. Uh, something that uh, this mix is so lovely, though. Yes. The Ringo fills just after the second bridge. Mm-hmm. That little fill Ringo does, and it's the same take as the version on the Let It Be album, but Ringo's fills have never sounded this crisp or purposeful. Much credit. They're remixing on this, and that's, again, the conundrum. What makes it so frustrating is it sounds so glorious, but it's missing some of the key components. Yeah, I had that same note about the tom fill into the final verse. And I guess there's an, a John Lennon acoustic guitar error that was corrected. I read that. I, I haven't heard it. But if that's true, then that goes against the whole warts and all thing. The organic. I like to throw a T into my organic. The organic let it be experience. In our house, we only give our son organic Cheerios and organic <laughs> nachos and organic fajitas. <laughs> I, some things we do only buy organic, like milk and like strawberries and stuff. Yeah, but I draw the line like, ooh, these cookies are organic. Great. That's why we're not getting them. Because <laughs> the non-organic cookies are $1.99. Those are $5.99. I'm in theater. <laughs> I put organic gas into my car. Well, but but you also have a, a private, a little uh, a spilling beans on Tony. Dude's got a private jet. <laughs> all right i don't have a jet but i've got a feeling feeling you can't hide this is a great song and oh god does this one sound good this one sounds good and it sounds great coming out of two of us i think it is a great segue into this and so this is a composite edit of two different rooftop takes I think it, yeah, it sounds more alive than the uh, original version. I've never heard this song sound so good. This even blows away the 09 straight remaster. Oh, please believe me. I hate to miss the train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's one of the best John and Paul kind of meldings together of separate song ideas. Paul's scream on the the bridge that leads into the George guitar argument moment in the Let It Be movie. Right. Paul's scream delivery slices through your headphones and your speakers on this. Um, Billy Preston's organ sounds just, it's never been this hot. Everybody put the socks up, oh no. Everybody put the foot down. You know, it reminded me just kind of the duet nature of this, the John's Everybody Had a Hard Year moment. Do you realize, Tony, that's that kind of John and Yoko on acoustic guitar moments never been officially released? That's still not on any official Beatles record, the John demo of that? Yeah, with the with the claw hammer picking. That's uh, I yeah. love that. I love that version. I think it was just recorded on film. Everybody It has that quality to it. It's kind of like a field recording. I'd love that to be on something. Hopefully, maybe that'll somehow make it into the Peter Jackson thing. I don't know. It's one of the most glaring omissions from Anthology 3 that that wasn't yeah. included. It's just, it's it's a stunner because it's so nice and sweet. And you're right. It's It's got that kind of Julia picking to it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Another thing missing. Danny boy. Danny boy. They got rid of that, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't have to pay royalties on Danny Boy anymore. <laughs> that would be more of a George note. Maybe that was George's one note. <laughs> he was always watching the, the pennies and stuff. Right. You're totally right. I get it, because he didn't get any of that songwriting stuff. So, <laughs> Well, and Handmade Films pulled a Higo. Yeah, man. Indeed. Well, I also like the energy on the next one, One After 909. Yeah, these mixes really make these songs come alive. Like, I, I hear this song more in the room, so to speak, than on a record. My baby says you're driving on the one after 909. I said, move over, honey, I'm traveling on that line. I said, move over once, move over twice. Come on, baby, don't be cold as What I kept thinking during Winter for 909, Tony, is how can they improve upon this in the 2021 box set reissue that you know is not And by the way, that's one thing that they did not talk about in the Vanity Fair article. Uh, what kind of uh, audio version of this will be? What kind yeah. of box set component? Yeah. You know, they, there's nine different variations of All Things Must Pass, including one for $1,000 <laughs> where you get a crate with a gnome. <laughs> 
That's we should. Okay, I love George. That's maybe my second favorite Beatles, solo Beatles album. But dude's living in the material world with with that release. <laughs> you are a hundred percent on that, man. Yeah, man. God bless you, Danny and Olivia. I love them. I love them. I respect them. They're wonderful people. Danny's a great musician, but that thousand. Even if you have the money for it, cool it. <laughs> no, man. I gotta get that gnome. I gotta put that gnome in my with my other gnomes, with my uh, with my Hummel figurines and my <laughs> precious moments. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> my, my great 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 cousin is Sir Frankie Crisp. It's commemorative. <laughs> yeah, it's next to my Beatles socks and my uh, my, my magic Alex Beanie baby and my. <laughs> George Martin Pogs. I've got the the bed sheets from the Durrell Hotel in Miami when they were on Sullivan. Of course, I got to buy a thousand dollar wooden gnome crate. Here, put a little personality in your bag. Mm, a bath in this mild, wild beetle beetle is really out of sight. Race to your supermarket for the new pink personality bath. Beetle Beetle in the new Paul and Ringo Beetle Bottles. What I keep thinking in 2021, Tony, when this box set of Let It Be does finally come out, whatever it's called, to get, they'll reissue, they'll remix Let It Be, the original album, just like they did all the recent late era stuff, is my expectation. And the mix might not sound better, but it'll have all the cool shit connected. That's the thing. Even the songs on here where the mixes are perfect, and that's almost all of them, they're missing what made Let It Be such a special experience. So when the remix does come out, it'll be worth rebuying because you'll have great remixes, likely by the same guy, or at least with Paul Hicks involved, but with the complete Phil Spector experience on top of it as it should be. Indeed. And speaking of omitted, there's no Maggie May on this Let It Be Naked, and there's no Dig It. But... They did give us a brand new mix of Don't Let Me Down, which I think really would have improved the Let It Be album further. It is one of the great travesties that this song was not included on the Let It Be record. Yeah. This is, at least in my humble opinion, one of the singularly greatest John Lennon songs that he contributed to the Beatles. I agree. It's in my top 10 for sure. Top 10 favorite Beatles songs for sure. And uh, this version is not the one that's on the single or anything, no. And I got to tell you, I've said this on the show many times. When this came out, this was, I, I use this phrase a lot on the show. I'm a guy who cries on occasion out of happiness. Not ashamed to admit Pussy. that. I'm basically, yeah, that's right. I also fight. <laughs> Mostly little kids. And I lose. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. This is my definitive version of this. I cried when I heard this the first time. Because these are two takes, I think, edited together to yeah. one take. Yeah. All from the rooftop, but different than what was released. Tony, I swear, John's vocal on this, the John and Paul harmonies at yeah. the very top on, on the first note. Yeah. I mean, it, it belonged in the original Let It Be. This remix of it and John's vocal are incredible. <laughs>
misses the mumbling after it's a love that has no past i've never known what john's saying in the original letter. do you know what he's saying no they're, they're, john mumbles off mic it's a love that has no past let's take a look at the z oh yeah don't let me yeah what is it it's not on this take but i kind of miss it yeah i have no idea what he says there yeah 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 it's much like at the end of uh, i'm so tired i have no idea what he's saying there it could just be like gobbledygook, you know? It could be goo 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 but with S's or whatever. Yeah, I wonder what that is. So I was actually able to find a fun Reddit thread where people were sharing some of their hypotheses as to what John was saying. Some of the proposals were good evening, believe me, sleeping, and what I thought was the most plausible, it's in E, baby. Although I think it's pretty clear that he was having some sort of weird vision of the future internet Beatlemania saying something like, it's on eBay, right? No, I love this version. It's great. It's raw. It's obviously it's live. So it sounds live. It's a great addition. And that's what it really is perhaps the reason to buy this record, if for no other reason. Yeah, it's not just its inclusion. It's the power of this. This has replaced the uh, Get Back B-side for me. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. That was the B-side of Get Back? Am I crazy? I didn't know that. Am I making that up? Stop! Yeah, it's the B-side of Get Back. Okay, that seems crazy to me. It's so weird that that's a B-side, because I know that from, you know, Past Masters. That's how I probably first heard it. Yeah. Because um, I became a Beatle fan when that album came out. And that was one of my first purchases. So I just hear it in the context of all these singles. And to me, it's like, oh, that's obviously an A side. <laughs> I can't believe that's a B. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's also in the Hey Jude album, which is how I know it. Yes. Yes, it is on Hey Jude. Well, next up is I Me Mine. No strings. Yeah, what do you think? Do you have a preference over uh, Spectre versus Naked? Well, first I should say, uh, No Strings, the only musical Richard Rodgers wrote where he wrote the lyrics by himself, too. No strings, no strings, except our own devotion. Gotta get that musical theater <laughs> trivia in for you. Um, this was a woe moment for me. I remember the first time I heard this, too. This whole side... There's just whoa moments. The next song as well is a gobsmacking moment. 
And yeah, because it's the extended Spectre remix. It's not like the the Glenn Johns, you know, the what minute forty version, right? Which I was expecting to hear. I thought, like, oh, are we not <laughs> do. doing edits? Oh, I thought we didn't like Spectre's choices. Oh, oh, we like that choice. Okay, all right. I think, I think Paul never ever listened to the original <laughs> Let It Be album, or just it's a George song. Skip it, <laughs> Linda. Move the needle. I don't need to hear this. That's when. We, oh, we. I forget it. When we talked for you, Blue, a little while ago, it's one of the things that was so touching about that concert for George was hearing Paul open with that right after yeah. Ringo introduced Paul. Paul and Clapton. Oh, just what a beautiful moment. Launch into for you, Blue. And the joke at the time with that and all things must pass was, of course, Paul needed the teleprompter. He didn't know those songs when George wrote them or recorded them. <laughs> you know, Paul had no interest in either of those songs. So it was kind of melancholy to, and not melancamp to hear Paul doing it. But Paul also did Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp, the 27th Beatle. I've heard he's an asshole. Have you heard that John Cougar's a dick? <laughs> You've said that before. <laughs> he's got like he does fight authority but you know what authority always wins yeah that's the problem um so yeah this uh, i actually wanted to ask you i missed the orchestra on this one i mean it sounds lovely but phil specter's orchestration actually adds more tension and fire to the song a song that is the original threedle song by the way which is which is what's always so funny to me yeah yeah so what john doesn't play on this at all John's not on I Me Mine, no. Wow. It's the last song recorded for this, yeah. Well, I guess there is a third Threedle song on Anthology 3 then. I listen to this one now and then. Get it? See, I slipped in the title of the one that nobody's heard. Um, Tony, what I want to ask you, because the organ which Paul plays is mixed up and there's no orchestra, is this the elements mix? Is this the evolution mix? Is this the studio demo? Is this the raw studio demo? Is this on the DVD 5.1? Where does this go on the Let It Be box set? This is the elements mix, though, without, yeah, mix. minus Spectre, which you can do that on an elements mix. You can get rid of some of that stuff. So, yeah, that's what okay. this is. And I like it, but I agree with you, man. I totally missed the strings. I agree. Yeah, they add a fire to the song that is completely missing. All through the day I'm in mind, I'm in mind, I'm in mind All through the night I'm in mind, I'm in mind, I'm in mind Now the frightened are leaving it Everyone's weaving it Coming on strong all the time All through the day I'm in mind 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 Yeah, McCartney took a, a fire extinguisher to I'm in mind. Yeah, he did. But kept the fire the same length. Well, he didn't start the fire. You know, I got to be honest. I mean, that's a rock and roller cola wars, Tony. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> AIDS crack, Bernie Getz. Like, I love Billy Joel, but Bernie that was like Getz. a, hey, Billy, just because R.E.M. kind of did a white rap song doesn't mean you should. Hypodermics on the shore, China's on the martial law. Rock and roller cola wars, I can't take it I did go and take a blindfolded taste test at a mall in Addison, Illinois, sometime in like 83, it must have been, in the downstairs of the mall. 
And uh, my dad was a Pepsi drinker. And I forget what I actually, I think I actually did like Coke better, I think. But we were a Pepsi household. Were you a Pepsi generation? <laughs> I was the choice of a new generation. Hey, you're the Pepsi generation. Because I'm down and taste the thrill of your day. And feel the Pepsi way. Well, I like both versions, but it again plays to the conundrum of this record. It's a great record with asterisks and butts and ah, blah, blah, blah. Um, including Across the Universe, which is next on the list. This one's very stripped. There's no birds. Yeah. There's no, which the birds weren't on the Let It Be version anyway, but you know, there's no backing vocals. There's no maracas. There's no piano, no orchestra. And it's played at the actual speed. I believe the single version for the wildlife thing was sped up. And then the Spectre version was slowed down. Which I preferred. I actually like when things are kind of slowed down a little bit. That's why you love stereo. She's leaving home. We've been over it and over it and over it. <laughs> Give me mono. Um, Tony, this is blasphemous, but this is such a great version. I almost prefer this to both the Let It Be track and the single, the, the Wildlife Foundation track. Images of broken light which dance before me like a million eyes. They call me on and on across the universe. Thoughts meander like a restless wind inside a letterbox. They tumble blindly as they make their Love the there's an anthology pre version that sounds a little like this too, that's got kind of an Indian feel to it oh, that yeah. I've always loved. The echo effect is wonderful. There's a slight echo on John's voice, I don't think it's in the other versions. Yeah, it's tape echo. They added that. Yeah, it's tape echo and it's lovely. The way that it's in an actual key is nice. I feel like the <laughs> fact that the, the tempo has been corrected feels good. It almost feels I don't know if it was auto tuned, but it certainly sounds more in tune than it ever did. And there's a moment at the end that gets me really emotional where John's voice kind of fades out in a ghostly way, which um, which gets me. It feels like that's almost John blessing the project from another realm. Yeah, yeah, and considering it's the last song of his on this version of the album, you know, on their last released album, yeah, it is in a way kind of haunting. Yeah. And whatever that that kind of sitar droning sound going on, it's real ethereal. It adds this very 
uh, for lack of a better word, spiritual quality to the song. And it's dancing. I was listening to this on headphones and it was dancing in stereo going back and forth, creating a very uh, kind of intoxicating. I mean, I was at an airport bar with a couple beers in me, but man, it made me feel great. <laughs> this anytime I'm at a Chili's too. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, John said that he felt a lot of his tracks for the Beatles weren't produced correctly or with care. Those aren't his exact words. It's not verbatim. But John felt like some of his tracks were, and he implied they might have been sabotaged by Paul, that, you know, George Martin took more time and care. I do have to say, I don't feel like either version of Across the Universe is produced really well. It's one of the reasons I like this one so much is that I feel like they're two of the worst produced Beatles songs. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I know he didn't like the production. This is one he wanted. This and like Strawberry Fields, he wanted to redo again. That I don't get. As much as I love the demos and the evolution <laughs> mixes of that, that master is, you know, that that's a well up. But that's the one I listen to anytime I'm in Central Park. Anytime I'm at the, um, oh, the wow. Imagine Mural in Strawberry Fields, I just play that song. Oh, wow. That's cool, man. To drown out the people who can't play guitar singing that and getting the words wrong. <laughs> I love the buskers who are like, it's a tribute to John. I'll play Hey Jude. What are you doing? And then it ends with Let It Be. Makes sense. So, you know, for all you purists out there, this is a remix of Take 27 Apple from January 31st of 1969, used for George Martin's single version and Spectre's album version with edit pieces, including Harrison's guitar solo from Take 27 Baker, edited in. Are you are you doing lines in the song Convoy? <laughs> breaker, Breaker, 27 Baker. You're right. We well, got a great big I didn't say A and B. I was using, you know, I was using hashtag on set lingo. Uh, breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, big fan? Come on. The version of this on the Let It Be album is, my, I know this is not one of your favorite songs. I'm going to put words in your mouth, but we've talked You're about right. this is not like when you love, love. This is when I love, and the Let It Be album version blows the single, the one that was on uh, the Blue album, uh, the, the one that everyone knows, the one that's on one. The album version blows up and out of the water. Phil Spector's horn and string arrangements on this. Plus the George guitar solo he recorded at a way later date and kind of they edited into this gives it such a hard edge. The album version of this is one of my favorite Beatles songs ever. And as gorgeous as this one is, I miss the George hard edge guitar playing and I miss the orchestral uh, accoutrements. And when the night is cloudy, there is still a light that shines on me, shine until tomorrow, let it be. I wake up to the sound of music Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be
That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, I think because this song just reminds me of church so much, I really do start tuning out like I would at church. I start daydreaming about whatever, anything else. And so I always have to go like go back and like, oh, yeah, what was the guitar solo? <laughs> I always have to rewind because I just tune out. I hear Mother Mary and I'm like, <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry. It's not your fault, Paul. I blame St. Joseph's School <laughs> in Edison, Illinois. <laughs> So send your angry letters to St. Joseph's School. I blame Father Malloy. I, I blame Sister Jean. I blame uh, Mrs. Conway. I, I blame Mrs. Haig. I blame all the people that hit me with paddles. I blame... My goodness. So that's not a myth. That that, that really happens. Yeah, I got, hit with, I got hit with a paddle for doing nothing. I was used as an example in front of the school. and uh, In front of the class. I shouldn't say the school, the class. It was humiliating. I used to get mad at my school. So, a couple little bits of, of information about this song that I think is interesting trivia. There's a you know, he's got 17 live versions of this officially released, right? But there's a version on the 2009 Live at City Field CD where he opened up the new Mets Stadium, mm. um, where he does a cool piano solo as Rusty's playing guitar. That's like he kind of does like a. It's kind of like a almost like a weird 50s bounce thing to it that I've never heard in any other recording that's, that's cool. just neat and worth checking out. And on the Tripping the Live, fantastic. And when he did this live at Rosemont Horizon in 89, first time I ever saw him live, I remember just being so vexed. He starts the song, he kind of went, When I find myself in time, he doesn't do the intro. And it almost commanded the audience's attention even more, Tony. Interesting. Because even, I think, at, at Campuchia, am I saying that right? That big concert they did in 79? I think so. The first time he'd done it live then with Wings, and he did the full intro then. So when he did it in 89 and 90, not hearing that intro was jarring. When I find myself in times of trouble. Let's move on. It came with a bonus track, which I have the 45 of, which came with the album. Yeah, that's they awesome. They tacked on as a 45. You can see that at Reckless sometimes. Which is it's cool. always overpriced, which I don't mind because I always <laughs> want to support support your local record stores, by the way, everybody. But this named after there's a band called XTC, Andy Partridge. Yeah. You, you familiar with XTC? Mm -hmm. They, they yeah. kind of had a beatly sound. They had a tune called Fly in the Wall from one of their albums from their album from 82. I'm forgetting the name right now, of course. I don't remember. I had one of the records. I had the black, the, the one that's black with text all over the cover. I have that oh, one. Oh, yeah, that Jay-Z record. I mean, that's great too. <laughs> drove me nuts when it came out because everything goes by so quickly it is a it's a, meant to be a fly in the wall session that paul hicks put together from all like all the stuff that's been bootlegged forever and ever and ever and ever um yeah and it drives you nuts because you want more of everything but it's it's a really fascinating listen it's almost lost through the mists of time in recorded beatles lore but what are your thoughts on flying the one any favorite moments from it i do i do yeah it's like 22 minutes long 
Yeah, it's great. You get little bits of things like Sun King, Don't Let Me Down, One After 909. They also do something called Because I Know You Love Me So, which almost sounds like Ringo's Ruddles song. What's his name? Living in Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in Hope. Uh, you see him like working on. I'll just say it in my pocket. <laughs> for steady jogging. Yeah. Now I look like a cowboy. I'm looking like a star, but I'm living in hope. I fucking love that song. <laughs> well, Ringo puts his foot down, as Paul says, about touring. You kind of see the progression or. I guess the digression or whatever of, of this project going from like, let's be on an ocean liner. Let's go be on Mount Everest or whatever to like, I guess we'll just go up on the roof. It's easiest. And it starts around five minutes in when Ringo puts his foot down. Cause he doesn't want to go abroad. According to Paul, I believe. I think you'll find we're not going abroad. Uh, Cause Ringo just said he doesn't want to go abroad. And he put his foot down. So that means we don't go abroad. You know? mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go abroad next time. Yeah, you get little cool bits of uh, Child of Nature, which became Jealous Guy. They start playing old songs, like Every Little Thing. Yeah, that snippet is so wonderful. Which is a snippet. It fades out way too soon. Way too soon. Another favorite moment is when uh, George is complaining about the idea of the ocean liner, and he's like... We're going to be stuck, stuck with a bloody boatload of people for two weeks. The idea of a boat is completely insane, uh-huh. is what he says. I think the idea of a boat is completely insane. So it's cool to hear him say things like that. And then they, they talk about when Epstein passed away. and They call Paul, him Mr. Epstein every time. They never call him Brian. Yeah. I mean, we've been very negative since Mr. Epstein passed away. And that's why we haven't been positive. You see Paul trying to get the spirits up of everybody, but the spirits just aren't there. So that's what we have on document. Obviously, they were also great friends and they did have all these laughs. But I'm really curious as to this six hour Peter Jackson thing coming up. The facts are there that these sentiments and this is kind of the ride that it feels like this record was of them like, oh, let's do this thing. And like people aren't into it. And, you know, like John and Yoko are strung out, man. I don't know if they're going to put any of that in there. Disney, (laughs) 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 which is my beef with it, because I do think Disney has a strange view on things. Also, they don't 
They pay people at the lowest wage possible. I don't work for them. I, I've worked for them. We'll save it for a different show because we're running long, but I worked in the Disney cruise. For, I'm doing in the improv shows oh, that's for right. uh, almost two years, and I've never had more to drink in my life. <laughs> yeah, family. Family-oriented. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I love the version of Maggie May that we get to hear on the Fly in the Wall. It's an yeah. acoustic version that's really nice. Oh, did you, Maggie May? We have taken her away. And then the slide guitar madness on Can You Dig It, which is a lot of fun. And then it ends with Paul going like, good night and proper address. Thank you for having us. And then asking, which way did John go? And then you hear these footsteps fading away. So I'd like to say to the cast of this whole production, good night and thank you very much for having us. It's been wonderful working with you. Which way did John go? That way. Got it. Tony, it is so chilling. And, you know, that's almost a callback to their Christmas record. I think 64, where they're kind of going, happy Christmas, happy Christmas. And you kind of hear the footsteps in the studio. Well, that's about it from me. I'd just like to say all the best for Christmas and a happy new year. I liked it more now doing homework than I did when I had the CD. I barely played the 45. So if you Beatle collectors want to buy it from me, it's a near mint condition. NM. I'll call it NM minus because I have touched it a few times. Um but yeah, so really quick, some of my favorite uh, favorite moments are when they talk about when after nine oh nine, and they laugh about what what the lyrics mean. Yeah, I mean, so she's on a train. Yeah, and he sort of he goes to the station, <laughs> but he goes back and finds it was the wrong number. So wrong location. The rhyme with station, you know. That's great. Uh, it is so funny. I love early on, almost starting this, is when John's working out Don't Let Me Down. He goes, I'm in love for the first time. He does a, a he hadn't finished the thought, so he does a bluesy. Please don't let me down. I mean, it's so great. Don't let me down. John's piano piece is like a prelude to Imagine. 
Paul's piano piece sounds like the Ruddles moment where um, <laughs> it's not Dirk. Yeah, Dirk McQuickly, <laughs> where Dirk's kind of working. He's going, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> that, that moment where you're just kind of noodling it. It becomes in that. I love John during the get back run through says, what are you trying to do, jazz or something? What are you trying to do here? Uh, it's not fe- jazz, is it? <laughs> does jazz something? It does fetch you in, though. Um, uh, Paul's Maggie Mae harmonies when they break out into Fancy My Chances with you is fun. Oh, the judge, he guilty, found it. But I'm in the home of Bounder. That dirty, loving, no, 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 no good, good Maggie Mae. Take it, Maggie. Oh, Fancy Me Chances with you. I Fancy Me Chances with you. I like that, yeah. A lot of this has been bootlegged. A lot of it has been heard. And there's a moment on here. Is it the camera tone that's beeping? Because I got a ton mm. of bootlegs where you hear Yeah, beeping. that's the Nagra beeps. Yeah, those are the, the Nagra tape beeps. I always thought, Casey, we should use those in our show for yeah. edits. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. <laughs> I always said those could be removed, but a couple crop up on this. And I'll tell you, there is a moment here that inadvertently makes you miss the original so much more. When John says, that was Can You Dig It by Georgie Wood, now I'd like to do Hark the Angels Come, you want to hear... That was Can You Dig It by Georgie Wood, and now we'd like to do Hark the Angels Come. You you want to hear that intro, and it's a testament that some of the weird Phil Spector shit that Glenn Johns actually worked on even before and kind of set the framework for those snippets and the weird stuff was wonderful and really paid off. Last little bit of trivia I have for you on flying the wall. I listen on the 45, the 45 fades out when John's saying we should concentrate on the song and side two begins with Ringo talking about football, oh, which, right. is, which is kind of a cool, cause on the CD, it's just one 20 minute bonus track. Interesting. I keep hoping he's going to talk about like, cause this is 69. He's going to talk yeah. about like the Gail Sayers injury from a few years previous. Like, Oh, Ringo's going to take football. And then Paul's talking about hockey. It's like Chicago sports radio callers going, talk more hockey. You don't talk about the Blackhawks enough. It's those maroons. Well, it's a great record. I'm glad we uh, we touched on it, and this this it's it's almost like this is a, a a teaser for what's to come. I guess we have to wait till Thanksgiving now, but uh, we got plenty in the works until then. We got all things must pass coming out in August, and we got the Paul McCartney stuff coming out uh, soon on Hulu. So we'll have our our hands and fingers tied. Does that make sense? In, in those I'll, Chinese fingers cuffs. I'll tell you, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> no, oh well. Cancel they him. <laughs> cancel him. Um, yeah, no. This is uh, and Tony and I disagree. Tony's excited. I think that it's on the Disney Channel, which canceled Tim Allen's show. I don't even know, but I'm making that up. Um, <laughs> I'm so mad that there's six hours of Beatle footage at home versus two hours in a the theater. I'll be boycotting. Own the libs next. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. I mean, Seinfeld. (laughs) 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 Tony, 
Tony as asthmatic Michael Winslow doing the Seinfeld theme. 